Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is $451 billion. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known Godaways. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 29th of November, year of our Lord, 2023. And that's just a shitty, shitty way to start. That's a lot of money. I don't want to be a dick, but $451 billion a year? So over 100 times the amount GOP refused to give Trump to border the wall. Uh, put border the wall. $700 per family to Maui. If the construction contractors pulled together a kickback fund for our politicians, we'd have our wall in no time. It's, uh, it, it's fucking sad. So today we're doing a hodgepodge. Um, and a mic problem. Had to fix that because I needed an update. I have stand problems. I didn't really get a podcast ready, but the wife was like, "Go and do a podcast because she wanted to paint." And now I'm I'm doing a podcast. So um, let's uh, go to our slides. And this is some front of stuff. So we're just going to do a little, little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of woke, and then a TikTok, and it's going to be shorter. You know, I've been watching all these things. My podcasts are. My podcast is, is, I don't know what that is, podcast is too long, so I'm going to shorten it. It's just too long. So, Brian Seltzer's new book on Fox News is performing horrible. It's all over the place. Um, I think what he forgets is that there's already 75,000 books about Fox News sucks. We get it. Most of us know it. We're not stupid. This is from the White House. We stand with Israel. Hmm. Really? Hamas unleashed terrorist attack because they fear nothing more than Israeli and Palestinian living side by side in peace. To continue down the path of terror, violence, killing, and wars, giving Hamas what they seek. We can't do that. David Amman. It took about two months for President Biden to turn 180 from having Israel's back to demanding that Israel give up its mission to destroy Hamas. And there's tweet threads everywhere. Breaking insider via GS Deutsch, top White House official tells J.I. that a Biden tweet criticizing violence in the Middle East is not a change in policy. White House officials reiterate Biden's support for Israel. Yeah, I think he does. Because WAPO had Kessler saying, uh, I can't believe he said they they chopped off baby heads. Well, they, they did. Sorry. So, 
We're going to go into some upfront stuff and some policies first, and then some Biden is awesome, and then a very short couple sound bites on Gaza because I, I'm, I'm done with Gaza. So we're going to start up front with April Ryan, who's a journalist. And uh, yeah, this is embarrassing. had an in-depth conversation with Stevie Wonder last night, who is, I love Stevie Wonder, again, for the serious question. I had an in-depth conversation with Stevie Wonder last night, who is asking, requesting a meeting with the president. He's very concerned about the black agenda falling along the wayside and issues like laws of 50 years ago that are now being abolished or gutted to include issues like the Voting Rights Act, what happened in Arkansas last week, uh, affirmative action, Supreme Court, we've seen it, ban on books, and he's also even brought up issues of the Congo and the lack of information from the White House. Is the White House amenable to sitting down with Stevie Wonder, who has met with presidents um, throughout history to include Ronald Reagan? He was one of the major impetus for getting the holiday for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And also, he was one of those who worked with President Obama in his efforts to become president. Is this president amenable to meeting with Stevie Wonder, who has these concerns? On lowering prices, you said earlier that the actions the president has taken have worked. So is it your sense that when people were home for Thanksgiving, catching up with their family members, they were saying to each other, can you believe how much more affordable things have gotten? So honestly, I wouldn't, uh, I, I hear the question, but I want to make sure this is very clear. We take that very seriously. But why do you think it is that when you say the economy is improving and President Biden says the economy is improving, that a majority of Americans outside of this building are not buying it? So here's the thing. When we walked into this administration, the economy was on a tailspin. A tailspin. That is the fact because of the last administration. But almost three years in office, inflation is up over 17% since President Biden came here. Inflation, that's still Trump's inflation, fault. inflation is moderating because of the actions that this, pers- this president has taken. Because... God, man, that is some serious next level spin. And then we have a leak from the DHS. And we're going to listen to this. It's a little long, but you know, this is what they're doing at the border. This is the plan. This is how they think they can win elections. By some estimates, over eight, maybe closer to 10 million illegal aliens have flooded across the border, either through points of entry or outside of the points of entry. We don't know. We literally have no idea. By the official records, it's close to 8 million or a little over 8 million illegal immigrants. And it's all been under this man's watch the Secretary of Homeland Security, as if we have Homeland Security at this point on his watch. Now, the Republicans in the House had threatened to bring articles of impeachment against them. They might do it sooner rather than later. He continues to lie under oath, saying that the border is secure. And of course, we know otherwise. But yesterday, a journalist asked him the most important question that really hasn't been asked during all of the congressional testimonies that he's participated in. The only question that matters What are we going to do with all these people? The millions and millions 
and millions of people who have entered this country illegally, who you claim will have a hearing for their asylum, and if it's denied by a court, they'll be deported. Don't make me laugh. What are we going to do with them? And he gave his answer. It also doesn't address the other sort of uh, elephant in the room, which is dealing with the undocumented uh, immigrants who are already here in the nation. And I know it's been a political football as to trying to figure out the best way to address that. But I'm going to ask you, what is the best way to address that from your perspective? The answer is quite clear and quite straightforward, and we've been waiting for it for about 30 years. And that is to fix a system that everyone agrees is fundamentally broken, and we need congressional action both for uh, the lawful pathways uh, that really need to be more robust in statute and for the 12 million people who are here in the United States who have been contributing so fundamentally to our country's well-being. They're our neighbors, our friends, our fellow congregants. Uh, they provide our, our frontline workers. Uh, we need to do something, and I, I am hopeful and remain hopeful that Congress will do it. The president, on his first day in office, mm -hmm. presented Congress with a proposal. Yeah, so uh, it's funny how he began that whole thing by saying it's very clear what needs to be done. Remember remember the beginning part of this answer when he said it was very clear? The answer is quite clear. Yeah, it's quite clear, but he never actually came out and said it. Did he? He danced around it and talked around it. Uh, if it's so clear, just say the word. Say the word, dude. Amnesty. That's what he said. Oh, we have to do something for them. The president proposed something for them on day one. They're our neighbors. They're hardworking. They're members of our society. So something needs to be done. What's the something if it's so clear? Amnesty. 8, 10, 11 million, 12 million added to the 10, 12, 15 million who were already here before they took office. And they want to give them amnesty. Amnesty means citizenship. Amnesty means they're voters. And that's really what this has all been all about, hasn't it? Uh, I, you know, when you live in Washington, D.C., you're used to cynicism. You're used to lying. You're used to obfuscation. But this guy takes the cake. And it's so obvious what's been going on here. And, and listen to this part, because this is, frankly, the most outrageous part of the entire answer. And quite straightforward. And we've been waiting for it for about 30 years. We've been waiting for it for about 30 years. So let's do the math. We've been waiting for it since 1993. Since 1993, they've been waiting for so-called immigration reform, which really means amnesty for illegal immigrants. 1993. Now, here's the interesting thing. We're going to have a lot of history lessons in the show today. We've got another one coming up with the Secretary of Education because he doesn't know a whole lot about history, especially when it relates to Ronald Reagan. We do. So here's a history lesson for Secretary Mayorkas. And for those of you who don't know, 1993 is just six years after 1987 when Ronald Reagan was president. And what did Ronald Reagan do in 1987? He was dragged, kicking and screaming, with a gun against his head to sign an amnesty bill. That's right. He signed an amnesty bill into law in 1987 that granted sweeping amnesty for any illegal immigrant in this country in 1987. And the deal that he agreed to, the only reason that he would even sign that bill, and boy, did he regret it afterwards, he agreed to that bill and signing it into the law 
under one condition, and that was this is it, it's over, the last amnesty, no questions asked, and now we build a wall and secure our border. There will be no more illegal immigrants coming into this country. We'll enforce the law. Anyone caught coming into the country illegally is apprehended and immediately deported. That's the only way that Ronald Reagan would sign that 1987 bill granting amnesty. And now here's Mayorkas, one of the Democrats who helped uh, convince Reagan of that. I mean, he wasn't personally one of the Democrats, but it's his party and it's all his pals. They all said to Reagan, yes, 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 give us amnesty now. We'll secure the border. No more illegal immigration. We're going to take it seriously now, but we got to do something about the people that are here because they're our neighbors and they're a part of our society and they're our, our friends' kids and our kids' friends in school. So let's fix it. We don't want to be mean to them. Let's not be racist. Oh, all right, fine. Amnesty, fine. But secure the border from this point forward. And here's Mayorkas admitting that only six years later, they already had the problem again. We've been wanting to give amnesty to these people for 30 years. It's his job to secure the border. The laws are there right now. Want me to prove that the laws are there right now? Because when he became Secretary of Homeland Security and he was in charge of the border, he inherited what Donald Trump had done with the border, where crossings were down to, you know, a couple thousand compared to literally a couple of million now. And not one law was changed. Let me repeat that. Between the Trump presidency and the Biden presidency, not one law was written, voted on, passed, and signed with regard to the border or with regard to immigration. The law is exactly the same today as it was on the last day of Donald Trump's presidency. The only difference is this guy and his boss refuse to follow the law. That's the only difference. And now you know what the end game is. Now we got all these millions of people in the country. I'm, the only thing to do with it is to give them amnesty and give them citizenship. Once you think about that, it's probably 10 million. It's 10 million. That is the biggest crime ever committed by a president. And we're doing nothing about it. We're, we're not going to do anything about it. Because the media is still hung up on D, good, or bad. So here is The View, and here's Morning Joe. I picked the worst of the worst. But what is remarkable to me is this. Our country is so polarized that... Trump supporters see that and they don't think a thing about it. They, it doesn't really affect them. He's my tough guy. He's my fighter. But they see any gaffe of Joe Biden's and Joe Biden is aging. He's yeah, too old. Right. And it's, it's this sort of Rorschach test of where the country is. This was stunning to me. There's a CNN poll and granted we don't trust all the polls, but from November that said 53% of America's, Americans believe Trump had the stamina and sharpness compared to only 25 for Joe Biden. There were only three and a half years apart. Um, and one I saw, rides a bike and one eats cheeseburgers. Well, th and listen, I think that there is, I think that you guys know my take that I think I'd like to see younger generations running anyway. I'd like to see somebody other than this head-to-head -head matchup that seven in 10 Americans don't watch. But if you're going to call out one for the gaffes, Joe Biden's had plenty of them, you got to call out Trump too. There's no strategy there. He's just slowing down. I, I think he's slowing down. Um, his doctor, who is, is not a medical doctor, but a DO, a doctor of osteopathic medicine, there is a difference between the two, uh, said that he is in great shape 
right? Is this the lady that... <laughs> I think no, it's a man. It's a guy. It's a guy. Oh, okay. um, his name <laughs> is uh, Dr. Bruce Aronwald, okay. D.O. Okay. Um, he also said, but he did not include the following information. His height, his weight, his cholesterol level, which or he his lied blood about pressure, in his mugshot. Which he lied about <laughs> yeah. in his mugshot. And so I, I agree. We're seeing a cognitive decline, but we're also seeing some dog whistles from him. The reason, when he makes these cognitive mistakes, because yes. they're, they're indicia of, of cognitive decline. So you think decline. they're purposeful? Well, I think he's mixing them all in. Mm -hmm. I think he's having the cognitive decline, and then when he catches himself making mistakes, he says, well, you know, because Obama is really Biden's boss. That is a dog whistle to the white supremacists That's in right. the country That's that are right. like, I don't want a black man in charge again. Well, That's what's happening. You can't undo that. Yeah. Mika, you, you know, you said something yesterday that really really struck a chord with me and I think with a lot of people who were watching uh, when you said, you know what, for people who want to make age an issue, you're damn right, it is an issue. And we're getting through this process of negotiating with some very difficult, very dangerous, in some cases, very terrible people. And the process is still moving forward because Joe Biden knows all the players. Yeah, I mean, this is the big stage, the world stage, and with everything at stake on two separate fronts, two wars, Ukraine and Israel literally putting everything on the line for the rest of the world, for global security. What I want a, a man who's got, who's straight A student in his 40s or 50s out there, what I want someone with 40, 50 years experience on the world stage, that includes decades of wins and losses, politically and geopolitically. And I can't think of somebody else I'd want out. You name them. Well, somebody name uh, a, a better at this mm -hmm. point, right. more mature mind uh, that can attack these problems and address them with all the different levels of emotion that need to come to the moment. And, right. and he does it. These are the days, these are the days where actually experience is extraordinarily important. And after uh, it, it being discounted by voters for far too long, and look what we've gotten for it. Yeah. Look what we've gotten for it over the past 20 years. It's good to have somebody in the White House who knows what he's doing and knows all the players on the world stage. And can project at least to some sense of calm publicly standing with the Israeli people while privately pushing Benjamin Netanyahu and the way he's prosecuting the war. Richard Haas is with us. We'll have some thoughts on that in just a moment. But to your point, more hostages expected to be released today now that Hamas and Israel have agreed to extend the temporary truce. Qatari officials who've been mediating the talks announced yesterday both sides have agreed to extend the pause in fighting for an additional two days. The original pause was set to expire today. President Biden released a statement welcoming the new extension. He said he remains deeply engaged in the deal to ensure it continues to deliver results, adding he will, quote, Unbelievable. I mean, sometimes it's just shocking the stuff that they'll just do, but then you, you get to this stuff. I, I want to put that beautiful little girl's face up. This is disgusting. Prime Minister of Ireland says an Irish-Israeli child was lost, has been found, and returned to her family. This child has been taken by a mosque terrorist on October 7th and was released today in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. She was not lost. Leo Vidkara. It's a day of enormous joy and relief for Emily Han and her family, an innocent child who was lost and now found. 
problem is this happened. Look at this. You can tell the regime is terrified of this Dublin kindergarten attack. Just like the U.S., they will find some way to whitewash it. At this stage, detectives have still not established any link between the suspect and the school he attacked, but it is not considered a terrorist incident. An Algerian who stabbed three kids and two adults in Dublin was issued a deportation order when he was arrested in 2003. He filed his order with the help of an NGO and in 2008 was granted leave to remain. If he had been deported in 2003, nobody would have been stabbed. This is America. This is the stuff we go through. The Immigrant Council of Ireland and the Irish Refugee Council are involved in deportation cases. We have a bit of an NGO problem in Ireland. Over 30,000 NGOs. And they're all doing the same thing. These anti-Semitic flyers are left in the homes of Jewish people in St. Louis. Cory Bush is bringing a community of hate. And these are all evil stuff. They're making a list of Jews again and making them with the star data at this time in Cory Bush's district where we have seen this before in history. Where have we seen it before? Will Cory Bush issue a statement on this? Of course not. She's part of the Democratic Socialist Association. Do you remember the Tree of Life murder and how Donald Trump was blamed for it? A Trump supporter. I think he's a douche. How in the name of Zeus's ass crack can this go on? How can you put shit like that? Anybody? How is that okay? I um, I have a hard time um, with this. I, I, I find all of this to be beyond the pale. It is such hypocrisy, which is what this show is pretty much about. It's the media hypocrisy of that a D is okay and an R is not okay. And the same crimes, it depends who, which side of the aisle you're on, that it, it's okay. And if I sound sick today, I, I think I got a cold. I went out in 21 degree weather like a fucking moron and went walking and uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Now we get to the stuff that, you know, this is the stuff the media will cover. And this is all bullshit. I mean, we've already seen people faking being dead and shit. But, you know, we're going to, this is going to get on blast. Full blast. Nasser. ثمان أيام ست أيام ولا عيادي ولا إشي لتام نطلعت أرام الله تسرول أصابعي ورجعون صحيحات 
وبدهم يرتبوا البلاتين الاسبوع الجاي للضرب للاهانات لكل شيء ساحه حرب جوا اه والقصر لابسين نصكم كاتلتهم السكعه بناموا مثلا عشره عشره على خمس فرشات هواء سكعه ثلج ثلج بالنقب وكل يوم كتله كل يوم كتله اللي بده يطلع باكل كتله ولا بده يفوت باكل كتله يعني ساحه حرب بالنقب وبعد ما استشهد الشاب راكت شوي بس الضرب اما الاكل لا صحن رز لعشره شويه اكل يعني مش يعني مطاقه الاسره الاكل اه يعني الحمد لله بنشكر ربنا So the story goes, uh, Israel broke both arms of this child in prison, then left him eight days without medical treatment. Muhammad Nazel says they kept beating them daily until one died. They starved to nearly death with plate of rice for 10 people. They're freezing with no heating blankets. Sharon exposed the terrorist propaganda. In last day, photo have been circulating in which the Arab prisoner Muhammad Nazel appears in which he tells a complete false story about prison service in Israel and then told various media that during his tension, he was... Sorry, I should have clicked it. He had two fractures in his hands, blah, 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 blah. So this is actually videos of him without the fracture. And before I hit send on this, since I have a problem with hitting send lately, and we'll get to it in a second. Um, Muhammad's broken arm was wrapped only yesterday by the cross. Muhammad says he's put in the Gavav's prison. Same kid, 24 hours early, only had one broken arm. Now it's both. And I'm going to play the video because I want all this to be proof. But here's a picture of the kid. Um, this will go without corroboration. It doesn't need to be corroborated. I mean, let's be honest. This sells. Yeah. Hospitals. Just name the millions of things that they have just made up. Because that's what they do. So, here is the mainstream thing. Uh, there's a class. We're gonna. It was basically a teacher, so they protested because she was at an Israel support. And this is a one media soundbite. It was hard for me just to pick one, but I picked one. And Joy Reid just... This stuff gets aired every day. We never hear Brian Seltzer. We never talk about the misinformation experts coming in. We never hear any of that shit. All we hear is this kind of propaganda is okay, but the other side of propaganda is propaganda. And, man, it, it hurts my spleen.
Thanks, Joy. I've actually been really clear that I think that Israel has waged, now we're on day 52, uh, campaign that is not a military campaign, but what is very clearly an ethnic cleansing campaign that has not achieved any military advantage. After 52 days and an incredible humanitarian toll of 14,800 deaths, including 6,000 children, 4,000 women, 36,000 injured, 60 journalists, where my colleague Mu'in Rabbani points out that Israel has killed more UN staffers than Hamas leaders. They have not achieved anything through that uh, through that campaign, that onslaught of what legal scholars and genocide scholars has described as genocidal. In fact, the, the agreement that they had just agreed to in terms of the exchange of hostages uh, for hostages, many of these Palestinians should be understood as hostages as they, they not, they're not prisoners. They did not have adequate due process. Many of them, 2,000 of the 8,000 in captivity are held under administrative detention without charge or trial. This very same agreement was extended in the first week after October 7th. Israel could have achieved it immediately. It could have achieved it before the ground incursion that began on October 27th. It could have achieved it before the gutting and the incursion of Al Shifa Hospital and now 26 out of 35 hospitals. It's precisely why we can see now, if there has been no military advantage, if no the Israel did not increase its negotiating leverage, but what it did do was meet out this incredible, incredible high civilian humanitarian harm, then we are, we are pointing out that the purpose was not, in fact, to release the hostages, which they could have released through this diplomatic uh, exchange, this diplomatic process, a political process, um, but in fact was a campaign intended to do what many Israeli leaders have told us, which is to turn Gaza into a parking lot, which is to... So a last couple ones. I'm going to let them go play straight through. It's going to be a, uh, I think it's Sky News. It's a little long, but it's nice to see reporters go go get fucked. It's going to go straight into a segment on Ben Shapiro. I can't even set up the Ben Shapiro because I watched this and I knew this. These are things that I knew, I saw, and man, I get fucking angry because our media won't show people this. Um, and for everybody, nobody wants to keep prisoners inside Gaza. Uh, and everybody is looking forward just to send them back to, to their families. But this, this should be done in, in a fair um, uh, deal, uh, meaning ending the aggression on Gaza, ending the war on Gaza, at the same time releasing the Palestinian prisoners um, in the Israeli jail. Can I, um, um, can I jump no in? And I really appreciate you being on, Wafa Abel. Thank you so much indeed. Um, I think we all want the hostages released. I just, I just have a question for you. Um, you said exchange of prisoners. You talked about the aggression on Gaza. This was started by Hamas launching a terrorist activity against the Israeli people. I'm not, by the way, I, I'm, I'm with Nick. I want all the hostages, but I doubt if Israel's going to negotiate with terrorists, are they? They're not terrorists. What, Hamas They're aren't terrorists? They're not terrorists. They're not terrorists. Hamas aren't terrorists? Um. They're not terrorists. Nelson, Nelson Mandela. No, no, no. Sorry, was, I can't have that at all. 
a I can't have that. Fighter. 1,400 people were literally subjected to genocide. Babies were beheaded uh, and burned. Check your that is well, terrorist. It was 1,200. The Israeli media. Yeah, check they've your confirmed that it's 1,200. Doesn't matter whether it's 12. Those are terrorist no, genocidal no, no, no. behaviors, Fair, madam. No, no, Won't no. have it. You Sorry. rely on the Israeli media. You don't double check. And this is the job of your media. Hamas is Fact a terrorist organization. Fact. It's not a terrorist Yes, it is. Sorry. Absolutely party. not having it. Not changing uh, my mind. It's up to you to yep, think it's up to you as well, I agree. And whether, you call, whether you call the Israeli government, whether you call the fascist... I don't call the Israeli, the government, Israeli government a terrorist organisation. That's all I have to say on it. Sorry. Terrorists, since the Hamas, beginning fact. of the year. They're not terrorists. Yes, they are. They're not. Terrorists. No, you and not. Corbyn need to understand they're terrorists. You Wafa, need to understand Let's just stop shouting for a second. You need to... Name things as they are. Terrorists. Okay, let, let me just. Wafa, I, done by an Israeli criminal government. Okay, and army. terrorists. Wafa, whilst I appreciate that it's very important that we call terrorism, we call people who commit acts of terrorism terrorists, I just want to really quickly, Wafa, understand why you say that Hamas are not. They're not. They're and the not. explanation because for that would be. The Israelis have been terrorizing us. The question for you, do you believe the Palestinians have the right to resist? This is the first question. I the think there's a difference between Palestinians kind of and Hamas. Do you expect, I'd do you hope, expect Palestinians? I hope there's a difference oh. between genuine Palestinians and Hamas. But Wafa Abel, thank you very much indeed. We're out of time. All yours, Nick. Sorry, not changing my opinion on that. No, that's fine. I just wanted to try and understand why people would come from I Hamas. want to know if the return of the hostages and then a ceasefire results in Hamas then attacking Israel again. Sorry, my opinion. You're entitled to yours, Wafa, but thank you for coming on. with the, the Prime Minister and um, I think there's, I mean, obviously there, there, there are three things that need to happen uh, in, in the Gaza situation. I mean, there's no choice but to kill those who insist on uh, murdering civilians. There's exactly. no choice. Um, they're not going to change their mind. But, and then the second thing is to change the, the education so that an, a new generation of, of murderers is not trained to be murderers. And then, the, and then the third thing, which is also very important, is to try to build prosperity. Okay, this, what he's saying right there, that's an excellent three-pronged plan for destroying Hamas and other radical terrorist groups. You kill the people who murder the civilians, that means Hamas and its allies. You overhaul the education system in the West Bank and Gaza Strip, which are run by parties who hate Jews and seek the destruction of Israel. And you bring economic prosperity. Only after those steps are fulfilled can there be talk of some sort of peaceful settlement of the conflict, because only at that point will there be partners willing to make peace. This also happens to be the only strategy that has ever worked. Counterinsurgency strategies directed at hostile populations can only be successful over time. If the most militant members, the terrorists, are killed, the population is re-educated away from hatred, and economic prosperity becomes possible. And make no mistake, the population of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank is indeed wildly hostile to Israel and deeply anti-Semitic. 
the population, not just Hamas. That is not a slur. That is simply a reality. Here is video from yesterday of the Gazan population harassing Red Cross vehicles carrying Israeli hostages. Now, Hamas could have cleared the streets, but what do you see here? What do you see here? You see young children following the following the, the Red Cross van, mocking people inside. These are the Gazan civilians cheering because they know that this has bought them time. Hamas mocking the hostages who were taken. There's a triumphant parade of Hamas family members and friends. Again, look how many children are in the crowd here. Look how many kids here are mocking outside these Red Cross vans. Civilian children who are inside the Red Cross vans being being returned to their families. I mean, this is sick. This is a sickness. This is a sick mentality that would lead anybody to do something remotely like this. Again, those are civilians, including children, mocking Israeli hostages, also including children. These are the wages of educating an entire population in pure hatred. Here, for example, is video of a kindergarten graduation ceremony in Gaza. It doesn't look quite like your kid's graduation ceremony from kindergarten. And here's some video from Memory TV. And what you see are kids who are at a graduation ceremony. They are, they are acting as though they are terrorists, performing, quote unquote, military operations. These kids are five, planting fake gas canister bombs underneath fake tanks, flanking doorways, performing actions that include kidnapping and killing, quote unquote, enemy soldiers at a, a graduation ceremony for five-year-olds, for five-year-olds at a kindergarten graduation ceremony in Gaza. I mean, this is insane. There's a young kid saying, stab, kill the occupier with stones and knives. Look at the... I mean, have you ever been... I have four kids. Three of them have graduated. Well, two of them have graduated kindergarten. And I can tell you, this looks nothing like my kids' graduation ceremonies from kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's fucking horrible. All right, that's just fucking horrible. And, and it's not contrived. That That's... the. They don't play cops and robbers. They play kill the Jew. That, that's what they do over there. It's fucking insane. I mean, it's stuff that you can't even imagine that people are like this, but they are. There was even, and I'm not going to play it, but there was one where, uh, uh, well, I'm going to play it. Uh, a reporter, and let me see if I can find this set up. Well, here's, let's, let's get through these. Um, this is uh, after getting one of the biggest quote ratios I've ever seen. Carlton Phillips deleted his tweet defending his garbage story. The NFL needs to speak out against Kansas City Chief fan in black because he went after somebody. Um, this one. Yeah. Now what could have triggered that response? Researchers claim terrorists arrested by Israel are hostages. Anyone describing Hamas terrorists who committed the atrocities in Act 7 as hostages, these are head examined. Yeah. Yeah, you do. That, that's some scary-ass shit. He tried to back it up, saying uh, Israel Intel couldn't figure out attack was coming, but you're so bent on pro-Israel propaganda that you're telling me they knew within hours who was involved and chased them to the West Bank. Pretty easy. They had guns. They were in Israel shooting people. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Goddamn. Sorry. Here's the intercept. 
The controversy right now, Shifa Hospital has served mostly as a distraction for the indisputable fact about the war. Using U.S. weapons, Israel has waged a campaign of violence and collective punishment. They say there's been 13,000 Palestinians killed, including more than 5,000 children. Collective punishment. I'm not even covering that. That's just... You, you, you're a fucking asshat. You're a fucking asshat. And then this Dan Cohen... Um, Soldier with thick southern accent, apparently a U.S. Marine, gives speech calling to burn Gaza to the ground and hunt Palestinians like animals. It's unclear if he's an Israeli, too. U.S. Special Forces are in Israel. Are they participating in genocide in Gaza? Notes. He imitated Brad Pitt's accent from Glorious Baxter's using a southern tone that doesn't reflect current speech. His info is misleading and harmful. It's vital to correct the narrative. As the U.S. Pentagon press secretary was current, the speaker is not a U.S. Marine. This is misinformation and dangerous to keep circulating. They keep circulating. For people to learn anything they think they know about real world from movie and TV, they sure do miss a lot of movies and TV references. Here's the deal. We got motherfuckers in Ukraine and you don't even care. We got SF in Ukraine. We have soldiers all over Poland. That's okay. Because it's Russia. Russia, Trump. That's your brain. Your left, right, right brain stuff is just all fucked up. But it's helping Israel. Oh, that's just... Un- oh, fuck. No, we can't do that. Do you not think we've always done it? Do you not think the last invasion... I had a friend. He's dead. I love him. He's the armband I wear, which I took off because I got a rash because I've lost so much damn weight. I'm 198 pounds. That's 137 pounds lost. But it's because I've been working out. Eating more, but he's been working out. And... Folks, he was there. He looked like the moon. That's right before they handed the shit back and said, here, take it. We're done. But we at least cleared it out so we don't have people on the border blowing shit up. That didn't last long. But but here's here's the clip. I will burn their city to the ground. <laughs> Yeah. I'll find every rat hole that they hide in, <laughs> and I will drop down enough explosives to scare God all night. Yeah. 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 give a fuck if we have somebody there or not. I don't give no shits. Let let him be there. I think we should be helping. We should be kicking ass. So to a non-subject, unless I had one more. Yo, that was the 
thing. Um, let's go into uh, a great piece. This is a BLM leader, and he's saying how much he loves fucking Trump, and it didn't make the media other than Fox. Enjoy. I think personally it's the duplicity of the Democrats, mm. the hypocrisy. Um, we're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We, we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. misinformed they don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on on donald trump as a person and his history um but if they do that um i think that it, it'll happen on its own and it'll be organic because um personally i love the man i mean how could you not like if, if a real man of how could you not relate to someone like that <laughs> I think right now, who we have sitting in the Oval Office is just a deep disappointment. You know, I deeply um, have disdain for him, and 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 I, I really dislike the Vice President as well. I feel like no. the tide is starting to turn. I feel like really? a lot of black people are starting to pivot off of that democratic plantation for so long. Uh, we've been slaves to that uh, party. You know, they don't value our vote. Uh, their policies are basically um, racist policies. I believe it's a racist party. I believe Donald Trump is hes the opposite. He's He's going to tell you how, how it is. He's going to give it to you straight. He's not going to, um, you know, uh, be a hypocrite and, and, you know, stab you in the back like the Democratic Party loves to do. Isn't that interesting? You don't see that all the time. So, 
We're going to move on to our TikTok section. Before we do, I wanted to get this young cat in. You know, we've been doing all the wives into YouTube uh, like crazy. Um, <laughs> a little, little too much for me. I did find a new band, Stoneside. I actually talked to them um, via chat. They're nice guys. And they have one song that I played last time. Um, My Love, My Tomb. God, that song is so fucking awesome. I'm waiting for the lyrics because I'm not singing them right. I'm screaming in the woods. Screaming in, in the woods. But um, this guy is called Jen. His pay, uh, YouTube backslash at Jen, G-E-N. Very cool cat. Um, I really enjoy his videos. And before we went into TikTok, I wanted to cover it because they've been very informative. He's a cool dude. I love the way he handles business because um, he gives every side. He doesn't prod. James Klug is good. Um, you know, I stopped watching Donut Hole. I liked him, but he's a little annoying. And then he started dating Heather Lynn. That just pisses me off, even though Heather Lynn's fucked with her face now. I don't know why women do that. She was so beautiful the way she was. Um, and that's not an inappropriate thing. I'm going to talk about an inappropriate thing I did last show. But, um, you know, she was always a cutie. And I always liked her because of the tats. It was cute. Um, plus, you can shoot. I mean, she's a dude chick. Like, you know, somebody that... Um, a guy like me pff, would never get, but um, or get like I possess her, but you know what I mean, be with. But she was a girl you could be friends with and go and shoot, dip, scratch your crotch, you know. She's a dude chick. Really cool. And I was dating him. Yeah, no, I'm done. So I, I bowed out of both of them. That's just a bad combo. This one is about can, uh, do white, uh, can you be racist to white people? Very interesting how he does it. So I wanted to play. It's a little long, 16 minutes, but we're doing a short podcast, and we're going to be into that, and we have a little woke, and we're done. So it's going to be well under an hour 30. Um, so here is uh, one of his uh, segments. Really neat format. So I wanted to share. Enjoy. Do you make white jokes? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've yeah. been guilty of it. I don't think it's possible to be racist towards white people. Racism was invented by white people. How do you think it's more accepted in society to make jokes about white people? Because they make jokes about the rest of us. White people have never gone through any oppression. So the question I want to ask is, is it okay to be racist towards white people? I still struggle with this myself. Despite their ancestral impact on America, it's not right to put all of them in that box. I don't think it's okay to be racist towards anyone. White people are still people. It is possible to be racist towards white people as well, yes. I don't think you can be racist towards white people. What do you mean by that? Racism was invented by white people. You can't take it out of historical context. So historically, there's been one race that has more power in the system. Racism was invented by white people to protect white power primarily. I don't think it's possible to be racist towards white people. There needs to be a system of oppression. Generally, white people are the ones controlling that system of oppression. Why do you think it's more accepted in society to make jokes about white people? Because they make jokes about the rest of us, constantly. So do you feel like you have your guard up against white people? Sometimes I do. When white people are going through hardship, they're not as sensitive to it as you would be to a black community. In general, like, white people, the privilege behind that. You make white jokes? I do sometimes! <laughs> a little 
little bit, but I'm trying to do better. Because over the last few years, there's a growing movement where we're telling white people not only to ignore, but to accept things that we would never say to another race. Too many white people in here, and this is a space for people of color. White women. And if progress is the goal, then we must acknowledge inconsistencies and call out the double standards. Bro, you make fun of white people all the time. Shut up, whitey. I, I mean, bro, dude, I'm just trying to make a video right now. But would questioning this issue make me a white apologist or an Uncle Tom? But more importantly, am I making the problem worse by even talking about it? Guess we gonna see. How would you define racism? Racism is judging or seeing yourself differently from somebody else because of the color of your skin. I would just say just preconceived notions about someone based on their skin color. It's like a systemic system where basically people are starting off at a way different point because of the color of their skin. Racism is made up social structure that exploits people based on their race. Globally, it seems like there's a lot of whiteness controlling racism. Is it okay to be prejudiced towards white people then? Sure. Is it okay to have prejudice towards black people? I mean, it's not okay, but I mean, I think racism describes a system of power. So for some, it seems like racism is about punching down, but not punching up. But does that mean that as minorities, we don't have the power to discriminate? Let's see what the other side would say. A lot of people these days say that reverse racism doesn't exist. What do you think about that? There's this belief that racism against the person who is most likely to conduct the racism doesn't make it racist, which is untrue. If your definition of racism is purely systematic, no, I don't believe reverse racism can exist. If it's just a matter of discrimination, then yeah, absolutely. I had a racist brother and he was indigenous. Just because you're a minority doesn't mean you you don't hate. A lot of cases of racism, you find that people, they're racist or the victim of something. Do you think though, at times, people use that excuse of like, you know, you can't be racist towards white people and they mask hate with good intention? I listen to my friends who are like people of color and they tell me their experiences and how they feel and I just try to understand the best that I can. But today is a lot of the racism that we see in the West in your face or behind closed doors. So in order to address such issues, policies like affirmative action and racial quotas were introduced in the 60s to increase representations for historic disadvantaged groups. In our time, change has come to this nation too. As we see today, controversy remains. Uh, affirmative action harms everybody, though in different ways. As Thomas so well put it, it was a break from the traditional justice of equal opportunity in applying the same rules for all to a shift towards cosmic justice with a focus on equalizing prospects and creating equality of outcome. The requirement for treating everyone the same is very simple. It's mass produced. The requirements for cosmic justice must be handmade and tailored to each individual case. And so it raises the question, can both equality and equity even coexist? But what are your thoughts on, let's say, racial quotas or diversity hiring in the context of jobs or university? Programs like affirmative action, I think, are necessary, and I think they've shown to be effective at balancing income inequality between races. Job or opportunity should be given to the person who's got the best skill. I think a lot of the time, the perception of diversity hires is that these people are unqualified, where in a lot of the times, you're giving somebody the shot to show that they are qualified. If they didn't have those quotas, then less black people would be in certain programs. If they were to get assessed, they say, okay, no, I have five. Asians, I have 10 black people. Isn't that discrimination though? Of course it's discrimination, but it has to be this way because that's the world we have created. I would point to things like the Harvard scandal where really, really qualified Asian kids, so they're getting left out. You can have a shitty doctor because somebody got into med school, but their scores weren't that great. But I believe in quality of opportunity
you not equality of outcome. I think that's Marxist, and you can only enforce that with a gun. I've also heard instances that it actually hurts Asian people the most, who is definitely a minority with only 6% in America. In that sense, do you think that's creating more division? I only know what I've read, and that's that they have been effective for helping historically underprivileged races. Especially for my people, for 400 plus years, we've been discriminated against and not given opportunities. I think that there's a bit of a slippery slope that happens when we bring people into certain opportunities or certain institutions simply because of their skin color. And you could even argue that itself inherently could be a bit racist. It's, it's reasonable to have equal amount of different races involved in the workplace. But is it achievable the way we're doing it right now? No, I don't think it is. So if achieving both is impossible, is the pursuit of inclusion actually creating more division? Because if measures are becoming more extreme and opportunities are given solely based on race, isn't it just going to go back to the same equality we sought to address? Diversity matters. And, and does that include for Asian Americans? I, I'm not putting my personal opinion. I, I, he was fired for being a white male to diversify leadership positions. So besides our obvious history with race, it made me think, why is America so obsessed with race and racism? Do you think talking about racism helps the problem or makes the problem worse? I think talking about it with different sets of ideals hopefully pushes the conversation forward a little bit. Getting your worldview shattered and smashed to shit is sometimes good. White people should be talking more about race. In my social settings with white friends, it isn't brought up enough. I think there's a certain level of awareness that needs to be raised. However, bringing it up in the context of us versus them, I think that itself contributes to racism. If we keep talking about it, eventually, you know, it'll probably subside somewhat. I don't think it's going to go away, though. I think you have to look at things holistically, and you can't be just one-sided, left or right. I feel like there's always a middle ground. People were cycle the same bullshit topics, but no one's talking about love. Do you think minorities blame white people too much? Yes, 100% they do, because it's an excuse. Why the f aren't we talking about how we can connect more and actually learn about each other? Why is it always the problem we're talking about? Why not the solution? Now this may sound wild, but has this obsession with race created an environment where woke people and racists are becoming the same thing? Because if it's true, perhaps one of the first signs was seen six years ago in this small college in Washington. The annual day of absence at Evergreen State College involved minority students leaving campus for the day to raise awareness of their contributions. But then in 2017, organizers decided to reverse the roles and ask white students and faculty to leave campus instead. Brett Weinstein, a white professor, objected, citing these demands as forced segregation and discriminatory. And soon after, Weinstein's objections were met with protests and accusations of racism as student activists called for his resignation for promoting white supremacy. I am not interested in debate. I am interested only in dialectic, which does mean I listen to you and you listen to me. Eventually, Weinstein and his wife resigned from their positions and filed a lawsuit which was eventually settled for 500k. And so even though the protesters may have genuinely felt that they were advocating for inclusion, the reality is is that they were promoting exclusion based on race. That's how whiteness works. Whiteness is the most violent system to ever breathe. Frankly, every Every student in that hallway has a clue about where they're going wrong. And so are we continuing to head down a path of revenge masked as equality? Because as it stands, is it fair to generalize an entire group based on the actions of a few in the past? Sure, I actually think that's a really interesting question because there's a lot of research coming out about how trauma is intergenerational. So even though you may not have experienced something if your parents did, if they ever shared that story with you, you might have that ingrained memory somewhere. Okay, well then how about this? Like I'm Jack 
Japanese American, right? Do you think then like Americans should judge the actions of my ancestors, let's say, on me? I think it's important that like people have this type of dialogue, why they think a certain way, why they hold certain beliefs, and that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward as a society. Okay, but what if we take a completely different approach to it? Do you think it's okay to be racist if you're equally racist to everyone? <laughs> that's correct. Equal opportunity <laughs> racism? Equal, equal opportunity racism. Funny thing someone told me recently is they want to learn more about culture so they can be more accurate in their racism. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> why do you think I'm traveling right now? <laughs> that is that is straight dedication. Just kidding aside, is saying that we don't have the power to discriminate as minorities using victimhood to actually discriminate. But on the other hand, is this overcorrection necessary to correct the wrongs of the past? And it seems like that's exactly what Hollywood is doing. Whether it be Indian Velma or Black Annie, a recent trend has been replacing originally white characters with minorities in the name of diversity. The power of media cannot be ignored. Do you think that's a good way to increase representation amongst minorities or do you think that's a bit lazy? Anytime that we try to intentionally increase visible minority representation in the media is a good thing. Maybe it's forceful diversity, people trying too hard to be inclusive and all that. Honestly speaking, I can't say that I looked to Disney characters or other characters to see what opportunities exist for me. However, being able to see other women of color in positions of power, whether it be in the legal force, whether it be in politics, was something that did open my eyes to the opportunities that are possible. Yes, I'm a black woman, but when they create these shows, it's like almost so far gone for me. I don't care what my skin color is, I know who I am. I think it's pandering a lot of the time. When it's just you swap out a character, you don't change the dialogue, and you say they're black now, and then you try to make yourself look good, that's that's lazy and pandering to me. It's a good point, because does Hollywood genuinely care about amplifying minority voices, or is it about the woke points? Don't you think it would also just be more effective if we actually just told real stories of minorities, of like actual people, instead of just replacing it with yeah. a wh traditionally white character? Matt Damon, who was in The Great Wall of China, and everyone was so offended. Yeah. Why is it him? Scarlett Johansson played like an Asian girl. Yeah, like, so <laughs> Like, is it because she's a better actress? There's no way there is a one Asian person that could have been casted that's as good as Scarlett, because Scarlett is not that great. And that's exactly why we need to explore the intention. Because besides the history of negative, racist, and emasculating portrayal of Asians in media, for years, films about Asians were being replaced with white people. But in current times, it's shifted to ignoring portrayals of white people while still continuing to focus on our differences rather than our similarities. It's white cis men who are the least grounded, most destructive race. And when media is constantly impacting how you view society, we're being taught that every societal ill is the fall of whites and that as minorities, we can say whatever the hell we want about white people. So at this point, what the hell even is a solution to a more equal society? But what I realized is that this whole time, we weren't even looking at the right problem. What do you think is a bigger problem, racial or income differences? I would say that income inequality would be worse because I think that if we were to be able to fix that somehow, then it could fix a lot of the other issues. Income inequality, I think that like, we all deserve like a certain standard of living. Yes, racism sucks, but at the same time, it's not on the level of like, people who can't eat. I think the discrepancy of income can actually affect certain components of race and how certain things are viewed and so I kind of see them as feeding into each other. Racial, absolutely. Like racial inequality follows income inequality. I think it's still racial because at the end of the day that plays into the income and everything else that goes on like the opportunities that we have. I think it all plays into it so. There's relative poverty and there's abject poverty. In the West I don't think we have abject poverty but people that are down and don't want to get up and work go bust your 
man. Very few people that are busting their ass. I would say most of them are probably getting some place. It may be slow, but you're gonna get some place. How about like, let's say for an example, like LeBron James' son. Do you think he probably was born in a better position than let's say like a poor white kid in the trailer park? I feel like that's different. I, you can't compare the two because yeah. at the end of the day, he is a black man. He still is viewed as a black man in society. Having more money would help you get along better. You can have power and still be a victim of racism. Is it no matter whichever issue is worse, why do we always hear about one but not the other? Why do you think like in the news, like we hear more instances of, I feel like a lot of the rhetoric in the media today is around racial wars. It's a way of grasping at straws and uh, dealing simply with very complex issues. But the big issue is poverty, poverty and overpopulation. People who are in charge of portraying things in the media are often very wealthy themselves, right? They don't want to shine a light on inequality. Racism seems a lot more visual. It's visual. Yeah. yeah. You get uh, that outrage response right. with racism. It's easy to be like, that person. And when the focus is on differences, that's all we start seeing. Since 1989, Scott Adams has been best known for his newspaper comic Dilbert, as well as his books and live streams on social and political issues. However, on February 22nd of this year, it all came crashing down. This is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. On his live stream, Adams responded to a poll that asked black respondents if it was okay to be white, and the results showed that 53% said yes, while 26% disagreed, and 21% were not sure. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, uh, that's a hate group, and I don't want to have anything to do with it, you know, based on the current way things are going. The best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Newspapers across the country are dropping the Dilbert comics. There's a line that gets crossed. What do you say to people who heard that and say, Scott Adams is racist, are you? This prompted several newspapers to drop his strip and his publisher to cancel his upcoming book. In a separate stream, Adams defended his remarks as hyperbole, and that the cancellation was based on out-of-context statements. If you listen to it in context, it makes perfect sense. Did I espouse racism, or did I say you should try to get away from it? He explains further that corporate influences are creating a collective narrative that people are racist, and there's some amount of the black population that's poisoned. They're just poisoned by the narrative. They are victims. He further clarified his points that white Americans are demonized by the collective forces. So wherever there are groups of people who have been programmed by the media who have a reflexive bad feeling about you, I would avoid them. And so with further context, does he have a point? Every time we treat race as the way to understand anything, doesn't work, but class does. If you look at class, it explains everything. Are we being taught through the cycle of negative media to hate one another and that it was always about the money? Especially in America, I think that the foundation is built upon differences and that's not right. I think it's on purpose. It's perpetuated through the media, through separation, through stereotype. And yeah, purposefully, we're all too mean to each other and focused on how we're not similar when we are. And so if we want more unity, we must prioritize accountability. Because ironically, it's those who claim to be the most open-minded that's actually the most closed-minded. And it's exactly why the line between woke people and racists are becoming the same thing. Do you think that's the best way to achieve equality is through hate? No. No, absolutely not. But I think you can't have those two words in the same sentence, equality and hate, you know? <laughs> because if equality is achievable, it's never through hate. But instead, it's about looking inwards and having conversations to find common ground. Because if we truly care about an issue, we must acknowledge the good and also address the bad and sometimes the ugly. And that's exactly the mission to explore the unfamiliar. Thanks for watching and subscribe if you wanna see more content where I turn street interviews into investigative journalism. And if YouTube gets it right, you'll like this video too.
All right, it's that time of the show where we act like dad and go, no, honey, that's not. I'm looking at the wrong monitor because I forgot. I always still forget I put that shit over here. Um, <clears throat> that's, uh, yeah, that's not right, sweetheart. And this one's like uh, really one of my favorites, I think, if we've ever done. Like, ever. Let me see if I can. Uh, if I can fuck this up again like I did last time. Uh, you're Jaffa the Rizzler. You're so skibbity. You're so phantom tax. Once again, there's a patient somewhere dying. I mean, she's a nice girl. Be a nice girl. Don't be a fucking whore. Like this one. Jesus Christ, man. This is a pretty woman. Why are you doing this video? Ask me. Answer me. Uh, okay. No, that's not cool. Be respectful. You do shit like that, you get dickheads. You're just going to get guys that want to fuck you. Plenty of guys want to fuck you. Not a few, not many guys just want to love you. Jake, get off the quad and go clean your room. Okay, no, this is that's not cool. I'm not playing any more of those. See, this is the shit women do, and they think it's cool because they want to get online. This lady's older. He's older. You're trying to be cool and get on TikTok. But you tell your kid to do that once, they're doing it. You now just give them. But mom, because kids are shitheads. I raised two. Another pretty woman coming. I don't know why she's doing this video. It's a nice little Southern Belle. Just be a Southern Belle. You can fuck around and find out. She's a cutie. Just be a cutie. This freak came in my feed, and I'm gonna tell you, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm about to play this, but I got the rule. I download what the fuck's in the feed because I don't search for anything. I, I can't watch it again. I'm just gonna play it. I'm not gonna say shit. I'm sorry. Osman Osman To all my listeners or watchers, I'm really sorry. That I I'll never do it again to you. I I'm so sorry. God bless America. What the fuck was that? And here's another really nice woman. But she's going through a little problem because she's older. She's pretty, but you don't panhandle for dick. Did I say that? Is that my outside voice? Yeah. You panhandle for a guy, you're going to get the wrong guy. I know this is repetitive, but this is all you see. I mean, do you... Where... 
There are times on this show I don't want to hit send. I'm like, should I hit send on that? I was kind of vulgar, or maybe it wasn't good enough. Now, after doing it for so long, we're in 750 or some shit. I guess I don't think about it as much, but does do any of these people think about hitting send and going for a second? Should I do this? John, I need to talk to you. No, not right now. What's wrong with you? Why you got the weird look all over your face? Claire's mom just made me grab her hooters. Well, snap out of it. What, a hot older woman made you feel her cans? Stop crying like a little girl. I wasn't crying. Cute, but here's the deal. If you got to pull your shorts down because you got to cover and if you have to shave to wear shorts, once again, Tony's rules for young girls. These are good rules. I think you should write them down. You're showing off your good stuff. Leave the good stuff. Make them work for the good stuff. Nobody should just get your good stuff. You shouldn't be able to see it walking down the road. It's a stupid spandex. Talk about it every show. Wear the spandex. Show your vajayjay. Nobody nobody cares anymore. We, they already saw what they wanted. Oh, push the wrong button. All right, next one. This is a pretty young girl. I don't know why she's doing this. She's pretty. But I don't, I don't know. Here we go. Hey, do I know you? No, but we can get to know each other. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she might be batting for the other team. I'm pretty sure she probably is. Yeah, it's probably not good. She's pretty. Matt, what up? You should find a young girl like that. She can bring to her house and I can stare at her. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. Yeah, this is dad's friend that wants to fuck you. And shame on you for posting that. Here's a dude... I didn't catch this one. I just grabbed it. So maybe it's a challenge or something. Let's find out. Me gusta tu hermano. Shouldn't have hit send. I, I'm just saying. This one, very pretty. You shouldn't be doing this. Hey, Dad, hand me the ox. I want to play some classic rock. When I was a young boy. Ah, third eye blind. Get me through this. I love these guys. And I don't want the world to see me. Cause I don't think that they'd understand. Okay, this is a good video. This is how you do it. Okay, this is a good one. I'm gonna save this as an example. This is cool. I love this song. I got this on my mix. Lincoln Park. Oh, 
Man, I do like Nickelback every once in a while. I shouldn't admit that, but that's a good video. She gets an A. I go back and click on it, but I, I don't even know who else she was. Um, and, and then our last one. That's a good one. We're saving it. This is how you look cute and get boys to like you. Because she wasn't like a slut. It's a cute premise. Wow. Matt, probably your age bracket, bro. I'm just saying. Have you ever felt like an imposter with God? Yeah. Yeah, nobody talks about this. Because I feel like not enough people know. No, I didn't know. I had no idea. I had no clue until I read Matthew 12, 42 through 45 today. And I was like, oh. Well, that's okay. A religious one. Hmm. That's pretty cool, I guess. So that was our TikTok. A lot shorter than usual because I just grabbed a couple. I'm not going to talk as much. It's kind of repetitive. But that's, uh, that's our society right now. We're there. The only one I like was the one with the black hair. That was cool. I'm going to follow her. I don't know how to do it. But I'm going to go back and follow her and see how the hell to follow. Because I don't know how to use TikTok. And maybe she keeps doing cool stuff like that. Because that's the way you should be doing it. You should make a guy like just say, oh, she's pretty. And man, she's cool because she knows music. Oh, what a concept. She's not a whore showing me her vag on TikTok. All right, moving into woke. This guy thinks it's cool to just talk shit about white people because that's, it is cool. And it's from Libs of TikTok. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. No purpose, flower. <laughs> Transparent mongoose. <laughs> Untitled document. <laughs> Daylight bulb. No seasoning seagull. <laughs> Corn starch crusaders. <laughs> Somebody said Jeffrey Star. <laughs> Dandruff attack. <laughs> Oh, they were too creative with them. All right, into the DEI after that racist fucking shit. Scoop, the Federal Home Loan Bank of Atlanta is now determining loans on the basis of diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is discriminatory, illegal, and directly subsidized by the federal government. Any other way, you're going to jail. Vice posts a list on how white people can behave better. <laughs> It's a hundred fucking items. Let's let's do this for shits and griggles. Griggles, which isn't a word. Alright, just because you see races around you doesn't mean it's not happening. Trust people of color's assessment. AKA white liberals. I never see African Americans or POC or whatever Latin X or uh, fuck, what are these fucking freaking left an apple in here and I got fruit flies. Um, I never see them talking about this shit. It's always a white person. Don't assume that all people of color share the same views. We are not a monolith. Don't assume or guess people's race. This is not a fun game for us. If someone tells you they're from Uganda, don't say, I went to Nigeria once. Related, don't refer to Africa as a country. It's a continent. Oh, and rest assured that literally no person of color ever wanted you to get back from holiday, show off your tan, and excited exclaim, look, I'm almost as dark as you. 
Who the who, do, do people actually do that? I don't think people actually do that. If they do, they're dumb. Don't assume that a person of color knows everything about their country of heritage. Do you know everything there is to know about America, Germany, Sweden? Don't assume we we run we can run if we're black, do math if we're Asian, have drinking problems if we're indigenous. Regardless as autonomous, unique individuals, not as representative of our race, don't make embarrassing jokes to try and be down with people of color. We'll laugh at you, not with you. I'm going to save this. We're going to go over it. We're going to do 10 a podcast. What the fuck? Because I love being talked to by probably a white liberal. Next one. Breaking the national Christmas tree that Biden has set to light up Thursday night in the White House is blown down by the wind. And people made a big deal out of this, but you know what? It's happened before. I only put it on the show because let it go. There's plenty of shit for Biden to fuck with. There's plenty of shit with Trump. These little net-noid articles that get in clickbait, you're just like liberals. So really shut up. Stop being like liberals. Witness Julius Caesar, The Making of a Dictator, produced by the BBC Studio Specialist Factual Productions and features insight from Holland, Tom, and Ron Rory Stewart, UK. Discover an ambitious power grab turned to tyranny. And it's about Trump. Okay. Kind of That was it. Parents of transgender teen lose bid to stop mastectomy, and this is in the UK because this is also in our country. It's just what it is now. What it is. Oh, that's a thing anymore. I think the parents should have a say. And I really, I'm all for this. Sh- I don't give a fuck. Be a unicorn. Be the best you. Be happy. But kids are going to regret this shit. There's too many detransitioners out there to show, you know, that you can see that make it, you know, we all get confused. I'm going through a very confusing time in my life. I really am. Which I meant to bring up this, you know, before this section, but I posted that prettiest girl in the world thing. That was embarrassing. I'm married. I shouldn't have done that. That lady wouldn't like that. She's married too. But I'm confused. I'm a little weirded out. Marriage is kind of roommate-ish. Going through identity crisis. It was stupid. So we all have our periods. Where we're just fucked up. But that shouldn't be medical. Like we shouldn't chop off appendages. And put new ones out of the old. And hope that they like it. Or geld them. You know, one of the biggest mistakes we made was at 23, I got a circum- uh, circumcision. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's right, right? Vasectomy. No, vasectomy. A circumcision. Um, a vasectomy. And later on, we, we really wish we could have a third child. But we, did, we couldn't. She couldn't take birth control. There was no patches, no depot. There's none of that shit. And at 23, I did it. Because I don't like seeing her be sick. We're going to be married for life. We have. And we regretted that. That's what's happening to these kids on hormones. You, you can say all fucking day. Oh, you can just turn it back on. No, you can't. The simple reason you're shutting off puberty is so they don't become fully male or female. That's why you want to do it. So when you're wanting to do that, you're shutting them off. And then they can't come back on. You've delayed puberty. It's not going to come back on in their 20s. They're not going to fully become the sex that they are. Yes, there's a point zero 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 one whatever that were born with internal genitalia and external genitalia or both genitalia on the outside or all these birth defects. I got it. 
and you got to pick something. That's fucked up. And yeah, the parents and doctors should probably do that initially. And that seems totally hypocritical than nine years later. But this is happening to four-year-olds, people. Come on. 23 things veterans carry with them for life. I've been sitting on these stories. Um, number one, incessant need to roll socks. I still roll socks. I, I've been out almost as long as I was in. That's fucking horrible. Bad knees. I'm living it right now. I did some stupid shit working out because I was feeling froggy. I strained my ACL and it hurts like a son of a bitch, but I'm still walking and I probably shouldn't. And it's all because my left knee shit. The misguided idea that ibuprofen or fresh socks will cure any ailment. I can't take ibuprofen anymore. That's a problem. Can't take Motrin. Kind of sucks. Tinnitus. Got a bad. Cold front's bad. Only right ear. My left ear's good. Except a hand mic. But my right ear's fucking useless. The ability to sleep anywhere. That is not true for me. I am like sleep problems. And I think it's the medicine. I'm on the new thing that's helping me better. You know, fixing the nerve damage from whatever COVID gave me. Um, Man, I have problems sleeping. I just wake up at a drop of a dime. My little puppy was on the floor. The wife had set her down. And that woke me up at 11 o'clock at night when I had earplugs in. It took me three hours to go back to sleep. I just stared at the roof. Uh, the plight of not being able to sleep at all. Okay, there it is. I didn't read this all the way through. I stopped at that one. Old combat boots. They're great for mowing the lawn or a trip to Home Depot. I've bought three pairs downstairs. Never wear them. Fear tape test. Yeah, I don't like scales still. Because I was a big guy. And yeah, they wanted me to weigh like 170. Issues with authority figures. I don't have that problem. Back pain. Documented. T-shirts from events and places I don't remember going. I do have a lot of T-shirts. There's like a whole space Ziploc bag downstairs of shirts. A lot of Oregon Duck shit. I don't even know why I bought it. The Whoopie that is Seen Better Days. I have one that's so fucked up. I don't know why we keep it. But I think it's from the Army. I keep it. Swearing. Mm, yeah. Love-hate relationship with acronyms. Total disdain for PowerPoint. Mm, I don't really hate it. Scars from barracks shenanigans gone awry. I have a scar here. Well, on one of these hands. My hands are all fucked up because I'm old. Um from a needle from my sewing kit popped out and I have a scar on my back from we did this hit in Fort Polk so it wasn't the barracks and we infilled like 40 kilometers it was like all night speed march just worse it wasn't 40 it was like 20 um so we took down this complex it was a flex mission for Fort Fort Polk it was Fort Chaffee Fort Chaffee used to be where GRTC was. So we went there. And um, I found a blade, like a really nice boot knife. And I put it in the top of my rucksack like a dumbass. I went to do the rucksack flop. And it came through and stabbed me in the back. <laughs> I should have got sticker stitches, but I just put uh, duct tape. That was my thing. Just put duct tape. It'll be fine. Um, a few ugly divorces. Never got divorced. I'm pretty lucky. A truck they brought, or they bought after gaining some sense and selling that Camaro and financing 27 APR. I had a wife, so I don't have a choice to buy anything fucking cool. I've never driven anything cool. I've had a lot of money and never had a cool car. Kind of depressing. Some weird strip club stories. Don't have them. Didn't do the strip. Oh, I DD'd. 
I sat in a couple at the end. I'd sit in the back. When I went to Vegas like 400 times, I just never went in. I just, once again, I say it all the time on the show. I know it's repetitive. I don't get it. You can't eat. It's like going to Golden Corral without a fork, plate, or spoon, or a bowl. You're just going to stare at the food? What? No, it's weird. Sleep apnea. don't have any more. I lost 138 pounds. Bad tattoo that seems like a really good idea. I just was just thinking about that when that Google, which I did go back and figure out how to follow. I don't know how to use TikTok. I'm not going to use it, but we'll see if she's got some cool shit because she has a lot of music ones, and I... I'm the old guy that suggested sleep token. She's probably going to vomit in her mouth, but whatever. Um, I got Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. And it's only like this big on my back. It's the dude running with the banner off the cover. Really cool tattoo. I regret the fuck out of it now. I mean, it didn't really fade. But that was pretty stupid. I don't know why I got it. Boxy brown t-shirts that somehow have sweat stains. I have two t-shirts my wife saved from combat. She wanted them. She used to sleep in them. Now they're in a box. A deeply stained, never-before-washed coffee mug. I have a canteen cup downstairs that I use for a spit cup. Things old as fuck. Army's going to wear 3rd Infantry Division uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom uniforms, and I hope to beat Navy. My son's coming over. We're going to do the old lamb stew. I will not be able to eat lamb, but I can smell it. It'll be nice. All right. Um, I get this. Catholic All Girls College to admit transgender girls men for fall 2024. And when a bunch of girls get pregnant, uh, I don't want to hear about it. Um, this one. Trying to rush it to get to the end. Not surprisingly, climate trans activists align with Hamas. Hasi ticker. Not going to cover it. I don't know why I put that up. It's a given. They're liberals. They are lockstep. I think that's it. I don't have any more slides. Um, this one, LGBTQ are being decapitated where insane drag queen superstar Katya claims LGBTQ are unsafe everywhere. Let's read it together. Now I'll just read it. And to those in ignorant fools who have the nerve to tell me I would be decapitated in a heartbeat in Gaza, what about Glasgow? What about Moscow? What about Medford, Maiden, or Milbourne, Massachusetts? As a gay person who can't pass as a crossdresser, as a sissy, I know the left has a hard time with us. Muslims don't do LGBTQ. They just don't. I've watched videos of gay men being tossed off roofs. They post them. They were very proud about it. Just very, very proud. And last but not least, seven myths about trans youth in school sports debunked. I got this from, uh, I think, Jen, at Jen. Fact, proponents of HB1041 cannot produce evidence of problem solved. Transgender kids playing sports is a widespread problem. Fact two, boys do not pretend to be transgender to compete in girls' sports. Myth, allowing girls to come in play. Fact, 1041 is about discriminating against vulnerable kids. Fact, prohibits transgender girls in Indiana from playing school sports. Fact, there are many social and psychological factors that impact success in sports. Fact, including trans girls in sports will benefit all girls. Fact, it's not aimed at protecting opportunities like scholarships and girls' sports. Let's just get to the fact. The fact is, every time you let a male compete against females, there are injuries. They compete at a higher level because they've gone through puberty. Now there's actually a place that's saying 12. 
they have to be 12 on hormones, so they can't. That was the rule. All you're doing is going to force more kids to get gelded, and it's a fad. It is no longer just a thing. It's a fad. You watch the statistics. You see where it's at. Kids are doing it. They want attention. Let's be honest. Fuck's sake. you got beautiful women showing the good parts on TikTok trying to get laid or likes or whatever the fuck. So why would you think teenage kids wouldn't go, well, you know, I can't have any attention. Nobody likes me. So I'm just going to be trans because teachers are into it. Uh, the schools push it. They'll give me new clothes. They'll give me a name. They'll tell my parents to go fuck themselves. And I hate my parents because I'm a teenager. I mean, we all went through it. We were all full of fucking hormones. I'm full of lack of hormones now. We all have fucking problems. So it's a quick fix. And then all of a sudden they wake the fuck up and go, Jesus Christ, I used to have a penis. Now I don't. And for sports, girls get screwed over. They don't get scholarships. They don't win. They get injured. I mean, really think about it. You have girl competing, guys competing at girls and girls wrestling, where that is. And they're beating the fuck out of them. Of course they are. There's one in ten women that can whoop a guy. I've seen them. We're told a story about the hot one. Couldn't even go near her when I was drill sergeant. She was beautiful. And she was badass. And she dipped Copenhagen. And it freaked me the fuck out. But she ran faster than the boys. She did more push-ups, more sit-ups. She was a bad girl. Probably not batting for this team. I think she was a lesbian. I don't know. That was don't ask, don't tell. But she was beautiful. Very beautiful woman. She can kick everybody's ass. It was impressive. I'm not saying women can't do it. Because women can be SF, and they could be Rangers, they could be SEALs. There's that one in ten. But you're putting one in ten dude into female sports and women are getting fucked over. And fuck you for making me be the feminist. I'm going to kill all these goddamn bugs. So that wraps up another episode of Flower Politic Podcast. I was going to get one more soundbite of Mika Brzezinski being a dumbass, but we've had so many Mika Brzezinski's. I don't want any more Mika Brzezinski's. I don't like Mika Brzezinski. Share your family, friends. Go to Flower Politic with a K at SoundCloud 482467 on Rumble. Email me at foppodcast at gmail.com. Next show will be 3 December. Sweet God. Year of Lord 2023. Till then, disconnect for all your devices. Don't get the AAS. Don't show your ass on TikTok, young ladies. Not that there's any young ladies listening here, but you are. Don't show your ass. Make them work for that shit. And as always, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.